And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Shield, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. Bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. and Zach coming at you with stats and things flapping. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We are going to start every segment watching the scene from the last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue collar nature of this city. Hello. Everybody had to take that one over. Looks like Bo got frozen up there a little bit, as one of you said in the chat. If they know anything about this podcast and why we're late, uh, Bo's Wi-Fi being a little bit choppy is going to probably be, there you go, Jim. Uh, if I know anything about the show, it's that Bo's Wi-Fi will most certainly be choppy. That's true. He's working through it, but listen, you know me. I'm never afraid to just step in here and take over with a hello Everybody, Shield Kapati with Zach Berman, Bo Wolf. We had a little splashy eagle signing on day one of whatever this stupid thing is called. I mean, just start free agency. Seriously, don't overthink it. But we will talk about Hassan Reddick. We will talk about what's next. We will rely on you in the chat. If there's breaking news, if there's a signing, if I got to start typing a grade up as we're doing, I mean, that could be podcast history. If it's an eagle signing, even better, we can react to it live. Bo, I, you're not you're not frozen right now, so I should start with you. How are you doing? As everyone wants to know, I'm doing well, and I'll send it to Zach just in case my uh, thing gets choppy again. I'm doing great. This I I, I want to give credit to Shield. Uh, this week has he's he's been outstanding because when all these signings occur, I I just want like a quick thing right away. All right, what do I make of this? Right and. How does he fit with this team? How's the player? And, and, and Shields doing a good job with that. And then I, I want to give credit to, to all the beat writers here at The Athletic because for all the uh, top 100 signings, as Shield deems them, there's those quick, there's the quick analysis too. And then if you really want to go in depth, our Eagles coverage, we go a layer beyond that. And so you saw that from Bo and I. And then the one other thing I, I, I want to say is I appreciate Shield coming on with Bo and I tonight because, uh, or with Bo and me tonight, because the Chris Long pod has been recirculating throughout Twitter, like or on Twitter throughout the entire week. That's just me re retweeting it. Listen, thank you for the kind words. Some, you know, they came up with the vaccine for COVID-19. That's one thing. Others may be doing some cancer research. But when you can look at the Jets ad and cornerback DJ Reed, and within minutes, put out, you know, three paragraphs and a, a B grade. I mean, that to me is the epitome of contributing to society, making people's lives better. So I'm just happy to be a part of it. 
I was going right. right. yeah, to I was waiting for Bo. I mean, this is going to be, <laughs> yeah, Bo, so. maybe like raise your hand when you're ready to talk or something. I'm not sure what to do. You live, I, I mean, Zach moved to a mystery location. I feel like you could probably get there in a half an hour. I think we'll still be going at that time. Uh, you know, I don't know if any anyone else in the um, – uh, can, can we say where you live? I don't know. Yeah, we can say where you live, right? In the Queen Village neighborhood. If you've got good Wi-Fi, uh, you know, go find Bo, knock on his door, and, uh, you know, maybe go help him out. But we'll keep this thing moving. All right, got to get to the big news, Bo. Yes? Yeah, see, we can't be doing this. I mean, this that's a bad, you froze. Uh, we can't be doing that. I feel like you do have to kind of raise your hand or something for us to keep this <laughs> <laughs> at least it's not the ospreys uh you know we got a text from marissa on vacation saying uh you know we were talking about when are you uh, are you coming back this week or should we go to kent who's doing a wonderful job producing for us uh today and she said would well, she'd be back and then she also said oh and we have to pick a date for the ospreys i mean this is what she's thinking about uh with on her, her birthday time, nonetheless on her birthday with her time off all right Let's get to the big news, ZB. I mean, Stone Cold Newsman. I think everyone knows the news, but why don't you remind them in case they don't and then uh, give your take on, on the Eagles. The Eagles agreed to terms with linebacker slash designated pass rusher Hassan Reddick. Camden's own. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to go Sachere. Haddon Heights High School. Temple alum, uh, Hassan Reddick. The Eagles are inking him to a three-year, $45 million contract when this becomes official tomorrow afternoon. Uh, they also gave a restricted free agent tender to Nate Herbig, so that will give the Eagles the chance to match any offer that Herbig receives or Herbig would uh, sign the RFA tender and would be under contract next year. They signed Greg Ward to a one-year deal, and they also signed – Safety Andre Sachere to a one-year deal. Uh, I'm sorry, Sachere. Sachere was a restricted free agent. Oh, I'm sorry, he was an exclusive rights free agent, and Ward was a restricted free agent. So with with Ward, they presumably signed him for under the tender for Sachere. He wasn't he wasn't uh, he wasn't going anywhere. But they bring back a key special team contributor for next season. Okay, yeah, I think we can revisit uh, some of those, just the guys they did not tender later, uh, maybe after we talk about the big news. But let's lead uh, with the big news, probably much to Bo's dismay here. But, you know, hey, what do you want from me? Uh, Me jumping out to a lead in Flu World Order? Yes, yes, I'm sure you you know you could have led with that, but you know that's why you got to get the hard wire for next time. Uh, Hassan Reddick, I mean, you know, uh, not to flex here, but I I did a WIP hit the morning of uh, free agency, and you know, uh, Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie are asking me, and I'm like, you know, I don't think they're going to make a uh, big splash. You know, I don't think they're going to go after many of these big names. And then uh, Richie was just so deceased. Like, this is so depressing. I mean, it's the morning of free agency and you're telling me they're not going to sign anyone. And so I hit on one and I, and I was way off on the other. I said two names to keep an eye on. One is Hassan Reddick. And then, you know, explain, Hey, here's why he could fit. And then the other one, I said, you know, Christian Kirk, uh, you know, maybe like $12 million a year. He's not going to be at the top of the wide receiver market. Maybe he could be a name to keep an eye on. So uh, one for two there. Uh, you know, I, I, if you asked me if I thought it was likely 
over like over 50% that they were going to make a move like that on the first day. I would have said no. I didn't think they were uh, going to. But uh, ZB, what was now you were I, I know you were flexing a little bit in your uh, I didn't mean now, to what flex did you that say? Exa- what did you say exactly on the in your piece on the so I, I actually deleted that tweet and retweeted <laughs> oh, it what? Uh, because I didn't mean to say that I was calling it. I was oh, come I meant on. I, that I was trying to give that write up. I was I was I was trying to give that write up when we had to give the most likely options at each position and I put and I put Redick in there now uh, I'll be honest I I thought if they were going to spend big money it would probably go more toward a safety than a pass rusher because it's a strong pass rusher draft but I had heard that Redick was a guy that interested to them and uh he is a he's a, a, a unique player so we'll get to the analysis I guess in a, in a few minutes but he's now yeah he, yeah He'll so uh now. so Look, he's he's a he's two hundred thirty five pounds. All right, he's it, this is not like signing, you know, a Josh Sweat prototype. This is not like signing Lorenzo Carter. It's not like getting a a six five two hundred fifty five pound edge rusher. You're getting someone who uh, the story of his career was he can get to the quarterback. That's what happened at Temple, and I vividly remember being at the Senior Bowl in two thousand and seventeen. And it's like, all right, well, let's see if this guy can play inside linebacker. He was great at getting to the quarterback, but what can he do in the NFL at at that size? So he played linebacker. He was a first-round pick, um, and the Cardinals used him as an inside linebacker, and he didn't fit. And then (laughs) they did did not pick up the fifth-year option. Uh, They say in the fourth year there, all right, just rush the quarterback. If you look at his pass rushing, if you look at his – just his pass rushing numbers, like times he's running to the quarterback as opposed to dropping in the coverage. It jumps in 2020. His numbers jump, double-digit sacks. Now, five of them, I believe, came in the Giants game, but still. Then he goes to Carolina last year, reunites with uh, Snow, his defensive coordinator at, at Temple. Uh, a small, con- or I shouldn't say small contract, a modest contract, relatively speaking, and double-digit sacks again. And so here he is. He gets his his payday. And I'll end my my monologue here with the the fascination is how do they use him? If if they try to say all right, play him the way we played Jannard Avery last year, that's a big mistake. If they just design a spot in the defense for him and say get to the quarterback, that's what he does well. And I think it could be a great signing if they just focus on what he does well instead of uh, you know trying all these different things with him. I, I think, you know, the Gennard everything is interesting. So the story with Reddick, you know, you laid it out well there. What was interesting was he did have big production in 2020. Like you said, his last year with the Cardinals. And so I thought last offseason, young player, uh, you know, he was 27 years old at the time. Draft pedigree. It's not like this guy came out of nowhere. I mean, I remember his testing was off the charts, yeah. right? Coming out of college, like great athlete had been productive. I mean, I don't remember. I don't think there was any off field stuff, right? Like he's a high effort, a temple uh, tough guy, energy. you know, single digit yeah, player, temple tough yeah. guy, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot to really like about him. And so I thought last off season that someone would say they were just, you know, 
throwing them all over. You know, they were yanking them around from off-ball linebacker to edge rusher to do this, to hybrid, different defensive coordinators in Arizona. I thought someone would say, but just look at what he did in 2020. Because as we're seeing with this market, man, if you had, if, if you rack up, you know, seven, eight sacks in a year, and he had, what, what did he have that last year in Arizona? 10, 11? I think he had 12 that year, he had double right? digits. Yeah. 12 yeah. and a half. Yeah. yeah, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. There you go. Good, nice. good oh, to hear nice from you, Bo. Bo, your efficiency, outstanding. <laughs> I mean... I don't know about overall, like not a high usage rate, but I would say efficiency in terms of when you speak, getting a nice point across. That was really good. I would like to keep talking, but I don't <laughs> yeah, think go. it's going to work. I can hear you. Go. What do you got? Well, just on the on the usage thing. So, Gennard Avery last year played 32% of the snaps. He rushed the passer on 22% of those snaps, as, as Shield has, uh, you know, many times talked about he was in coverage on basically the exact same amount of those snaps so when he was on the field and was a pass mm. we lost some there i think it was probably good was i good think point. it was going to be a good point yes. yeah i think you were getting somewhere we'll see if we can come back to it a little bit later poor bow at least it's not the at least it's not the ospreys like we said so uh, i thought last offseason someone was going to pay him and I think you were right, Zach. You corrected yourself, but I mean, that's a light. Yeah, six million is nice for me and you. But if you're a 27 year old edge rusher coming off of 12 sacks, I mean, that would be an interesting exercise. I would like to see like guys that age coming off double digit uh, sack totals. I mean, it's got to be like one of the lowest contracts any of them would possibly get. So there wasn't this market for him. Now, the cap had come down. Uh, people were wondering, is he a one-year wonder? He's not going to be a fit for every scheme because, like you mentioned, he's not like a prototypical 4-3 defensive end. Play him there, snap after snap after snap. You do have to have a little bit of a plan for him, but he didn't. And so he goes to Carolina, one year, $6 million, has 11 sacks in 16 games, putting him at 23 and a half sacks. In two seasons, as I tweeted out, the players with more than that, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Trey Hendrickson, Aaron Donald. That's it. That's great so, company. Uh, yeah. And not only the sacks, I don't think I, I don't know that I had it. Uh, in, oh, yeah. Eight, eight forced fumbles, which I always love. You know, I'm sure I guarantee when when it went, how are we talking about this? Hopefully Thursday, you know. Hopefully okay, Thursday, maybe Friday. This we'll week? See. Yeah, we'll see. Guarantee unprompted he'll make a. And not only the sacks, but this guy goes after the football and we're about taking away the football. <laughs> we, we've talked about that with uh, coach Gannon on, on this defense and this somebody who can help us do that. So he's going to like that. A lot. I like that a lot. I, I, like, I like a nice force force fumble uh, that comes along with those sacks, 39 QB hits ranks 18th. So he's converting a lot of those pressures uh, into sacks, but still, if you just look at hits, I mean, he's, you know, he's still top 20. And so uh, I think this was definitely a move that made sense in terms of his usage. You know, I, I think certainly on early downs, you could see him in kind of that Sam linebacker role lining up there uh, on the line of scrimmage, but I'm with you. I mean, Pass rushing situations, uh, I, I I joked that um, I'm going to preemptively uh, get mad because I can just see the first time he drops back into coverage on a third down and everybody's going nuts about well, what are you doing uh, with this guy. But yeah, I mean, third down, two-minute drill, he, he's got to be just rushing the passer. It doesn't mean just line up on the edge and, you know, beat the tackle uh stunts yep, i mean exactly. he's an athletic guy stunts you can have him do different things you know be that joker role where you're lining up at the line of scrimmage maybe uh between the guard and the center and they don't know if you're uh, gonna rush there and i mean there are creative things you can do with him he's an explosive athlete he's undersized but he showed uh he can get 
after the quarterback. So now you have Reddick and your boy, Josh Sweat. I mean, how old's Josh Sweat now? 25. 20, or he's 24 20, 25. turning 25. Yeah, 25. 24 turning 25. So you got a 25-year-old and a soon-to-be 28-year-old, uh, two guys with really double-digit double sack potential. That's a premium position. Uh, you know, that that's certainly uh, a nice job by Howie Roseman and the organization. And a likely first-round pick, too, I would imagine. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so to, I mean, carry yeah, carry that. Well, oh, yeah, I, I I want to defer to Bo here. Yes, we can hear yeah, you. Yeah, we can hear you, Bo. Well, I was I was uh, somebody in the chat re uh, recommended I just turn off the video and we'll see if that works. So for now, oh, it works. I kind of like this. Uh, no offense. Taking a little stress, taking a little stress off yeah. the uh, off the old Wi-Fi. Uh, to Go finish ahead. up my, my my earlier point. So like, the, it, it's really. What's so interesting about this is the usage, right? And and I think back to Howie Roseman talking so much about finding guys for the coach's scheme, right? And it seems like, you know, what they're envisioning for him is, you know, Gennard Avery, but with an actual role and a guy who can contribute. Like, my expectation is going to be that he's like Gennard Avery on first and second down, and then he goes, you know, to rush the passer uh, on third down. But just on the uh, on on the, the the usage from uh before so Avery played 32% of the snaps rushed the passer 22% of the time last year uh oh my god leaving us oh Bob, it was going to be so guy i could just feel it couldn't you feel it i mean that was going to be an osprey worthy point he was going to make that was going to get nominated i don't know what categories we have that I felt like he was going to bring it home, and it was going to uh, be strong. There we oh, go. He's we got back. the sigh. Bo, it's not worth it. It's just you, you guys yeah. got to just do it without me. I'm, I'm, I'm All terrible. Right. Okay, we, um, I mean, we can do an abbreviated show or something. You know, we, I'm sure we're going to have more shows. Listen, the 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 listeners are just are very happy to hear from you guys. They don't need to hear from me. So, uh, Ken, our esteemed producer says, try joining from your phone. Okay, I'll do that. So, uh, yeah, so, so I think that, um, you know, you're, you're trusting Jonathan Gannon to allow this defense to continue to evolve. Uh, I, I've been harping on it throughout the offseason, and Howie Roseman said something similar. I, think, I, I believe thinks something similar, that th the pass rush needed to be the priority this offseason, right? Second to last in the league in sacks last year, and I understand that there that sacks don't tell the whole story, right? I've I've heard that whole spiel from people in the, in the organization, and that the way the Eagles rush is is different. Get to affect the quarterback. Get to the quarterback. Hit him. Get him on the ground. It changes plays. It changes the entire defense. It'll change the way things are in coverage. Um, and and so uh, what he gives you is someone who's proven that he can get to the quarterback. I don't worry about the position. I don't worry about the size. Um, I don't want to make Micah Parsons comparisons, but you saw last year, right, that like you can get so caught up in the position. If, if, if you send an athletic, skilled pass rusher to the quarterback, he'll find his way to the quarterback. And Reddick has shown that ever since Arizona committed to doing it in 2020. Carolina continued that last year. You saw them when they were a creative team with blitzing. Um, so the Eagles could potentially blitz more. Like you said, Shield, they can bring him from different spots on the defense. They can they can they can package him with different pass rushers. They can have a package where you put Brandon Graham inside potentially. You can put Fletcher Cox yeah. outside. You know, you can uh dictate where 
Reddick's rushing based on the opposing offensive tackle, uh, different things of, of, of that nature. So, uh, so anyways, that's a, a roundabout way of saying that I, I, I like the signing if they use him correctly. Yeah, I think right now, and we'll see what happens with Fletcher Cox, but right now you've got Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, uh, Hassan Reddick, and Brandon Graham, as far, and Milton Williams. I mean, that that's a nice, like, I haven't gone through the entire league, but, I mean, I would imagine that's easily a top 10 uh, unit and, you know, certainly could be top five, uh, I think. Again, I would have to go through the whole thing, but, like, that's a lot of talent to work with up front. I mean, you've got veterans, you've got young guys, you've got sort of different types of rushers, different types of players there. And so what I think is fun about uh, Hassan Reddick, and I'm sure you'll uh, give me a hard time about this, but I think it'll, you know, tell you a little bit about Johnny Gantz. I mean, some sometimes players like this yep, you're right. are bellwether. Is that the right word? Like, yeah. uh, no, I don't know if that's right or not. Uh, but they tell you about the coordinator. You know, sometimes the hybrid type players on offense and then somebody like Reddick on defense because we've seen Reddick be a complete non-factor on some of the defenses he's played on and been a double-digit sack guy that got a $15 million contract on some of the defenses uh, he's been on. And so... Like, don't overthink this. Like you said, I mean, passing situations, get after the quarterback, find ways to free him up, find ways to have him uh, and the other pass rushers you have work together, and you should have a really good uh, pass rush group next year. Um, so in terms of, you know, I'm like you said, I've been doing the grades here. Uh, like, like, what do you think? I mean, you, you've been paying attention to all this. I mean, would you say this is like one of the best signings in free agency? Would you say it's a solid signing, but don't go overboard? Uh, I know you don't think it was a bad signing because of what yeah. you just said, but kind of in context with everything we've seen happen in the league in the last 48 hours, and then I'll give my take. I think it's, it's one of the better signings based on the fact that you have a 28-year-old pass rusher who's been double-digit sacks the past two years, uh, I think that that's that's worth that's worth what they paid for. Him. And in in free agency, when you often have to overpay to acquire someone, I think this is probably the range that that someone who is in the company that you mentioned, right? He, he, you know, if if you're top five in sacks or in the past two years, uh, this is the type of contract you should get. So he's he's not he's he's not a prototype. And I know you get worried about exceptions. But I think that the fact that he's done it um, allows it, it. It lends me to think this is a good, this is a a, a, a good signing. The only thing I, I I would say is that from an Eagles perspective, all right, if if you have X amount of dollars to spend, and uh, you have needed safety, right, and free agency is about plugging needs, and yeah, and you have a, a needed safety, and you look at the draft, and it's a loaded edge rusher class. And you don't, even though you have a need at edge rusher, you can, you can play a game tomorrow with the guys you have, and and it's not great, but like it's it's passable, right? Um, where you you can't do that with 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 safety. So I I wonder, would you spend money on the safety, and then you know kind of sign the mid level pass rusher as a rotational guy, and address the position in the draft? So it's just how you divvy up the money. That's the question. That's an interesting question. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a loaded group of pass rushers in the draft. You have three first-round picks. You committed money to Josh Sweat. Uh, 
like you said, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe after uh, we break here in a minute, we can talk about that. Look at some of the other guys that were signed and would that have been a better route to go? Uh, you know, I know Joe Banner is, you know, he's really saying this is one of the, like the best signing uh, in free agency. Uh, I, I, I'm not quite there with this. I mean, $15 million a year, like, that's just kind of, you know, I, I think that would be what people probably projected him uh, to make. I was a little lower. Like I had this spreadsheet on. That's why I keep looking to my right here where I had like a salary guess for every guy. And then I'm, you know, writing down what they actually got. Uh, I was low on a lot of guys. I put down Reddick at $13 million a year. What always trips me up is when it's a guy who was on the market the previous year and there wasn't a big market for him. Like, you know, those leaps because like, did that one year really change your opinion? Like last year, you didn't think he was a seven or $8 million a year player. And now you think he's a 15 year, uh, $15 million a year player. Like sometimes you do have to be uh, careful with some of those. Now, obviously you got a larger sample. You saw how he played in a different defense and he played well. So it can change your uh, impression of a guy, but I would be interested when Howie Roseman talks, like, did they have their eyes on Reddick at, at all last year? Were they sort of like, let's see him do it another year? We're not sure. That type of thing. Because you do see some of these guys when they go from a, a lower contract one year, they sign a one-year deal. And then the next year, all of a sudden, uh, they blow up. So, I mean, $15 million a year, he comes in uh, under Harold Landry, who is at 17 and a half. Uh, a year. Emmanuel Akba is $16.25 million a year. Uh, Randy Gregory is just under Reddick. Now, Gregory's is, is, I think, probably more of a much more boomer bust type option. I mean, if you told me Gregory led the NFL in sacks next year, I would say, okay, that's possible. If you told me he played eight games and, you know, eight games for the Broncos over the next two years and didn't do anything, that wouldn't shock me uh, as well. And so, um, those are some of the names that come in right around there. So you're talking about between 14 and 17 and a half million. So like, I don't think they got, you know, an unbelievable deal on him. I don't think they overpaid for him. I think, like you said, it's right around where, you know, he probably, um, should have come in there. All right, let's take a, uh, break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of these other signings. And, and like you said, was this the best way to use their resources? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, Paul, you're in a different spot. This looks like a iPhone or a different phone. Same uh, spot. Same spot. Okay, different angle with the iPhone. You've got the mic. I don't know if you're using the mic or if you're just speaking through your uh, AirPods. Where are we? Speaking through the mic, uh, using the uh, – or speaking through the AirPods, rather, using the mic just for uh, Kent's audio purposes on the back end. I think this is going to be tough for him. 
Okay, well, we can hear you so far, and you haven't frozen. Now, you've been trying to make what I can only assume <laughs> it's not even is a good the point. best Hassan Reddick point. Like, this is where this is going to be on social right after the show. This is going to be good for your brand. It's going to get retweeted a thousand times, maybe show up on Zberm's popular Instagram. I mean, they might cut this for TV, for radio <laughs> tomorrow. So why don't you go ahead and finish the Hassan Reddick point you've been trying to make? Well, I promise that it is not going to be uh, nearly uh, important <laughs> as that. I would like to finish it, though, just, yeah. just for the listeners who are trying to uh, to get to the end of it. So Avery rushed the, rushed the passer on, uh, what did I say, 22% of his defensive snaps last year. And that was only on, you know, he only played 32% of the defensive snaps. Reddick, last year uh, with the Panthers, rushed the or, or rushed the passer on 80 something percent of his uh pass snaps. So he was in coverage on 8.5 percent of his total snaps, which was which was cut in half from his 2020 season with the Cardinals in which he was in coverage on 17 percent of his snaps. So uh you know when they when they when they signed him yesterday, immediately I'm thinking, okay, like you don't pay him that much money just to be uh, a lot like he's going to be rushing the passer. That's what you pay for. Um, he's a guy in his prime, right? That's what you're paying for. But I do think that like they envision him as like the ideal version of what Gannon wants that role to be, which is which is probably going to be something like he's Jannard Avery on first and second down, and then he uh, is just rushing the passer, pitting his ears back on third down. And it's a it's like to me it's all about the the Roseman emphasis we heard during the combine on like finding the right guys for the scheme now that you have a year's worth of information on on what they want and what works and so like to me this is a, a, a it's it's interesting because i think it's both a like a bet on Jonathan Gannon but also it's exactly i'm sure it's what you guys were talking about this is exactly the kind of player you should sign in free agency a player in his physical prime. You're not committing to a ton of years. He plays an important position. He's extremely durable. The only game he's missed in his five-year career was one game last year because he was on the COVID list. Um, and he's like the, the the projection should be easy, but I think it's it's interesting uh, because it's like from a team building perspective, this is what you use your free agency dollars for. But it's also going to be really interesting to see how they use him and. Uh, just what what Gannon does with him. It's definitely going to be a huge. I mean, if it takes some time to figure out, I can just see the conversations now. He goes the first three games has like one sack. He drops back into coverage on a third down, and they don't get to the quarterback and give up a key third down conversion late. But yeah, I mean, you're right that he fits. You know, should fit this scheme. But uh, yeah, I mean. Most defenses, if you can't figure out what to do with somebody like this, I mean, you're probably exactly. not. Uh, you're you're not a very right. good coach. So, uh, you know, I mean, his numbers, his pass rush numbers are insane, as you've talked about. Like the yeah. just total sacks, he's fifth in the league. If you look at like uh, the rate with which he at which he hits the quarterback on his pass rush snaps, it's fifth in the league uh, behind a, a, a different subset of guys. But over the course of the past two seasons, in terms of guys who rush the passer as often as he did, but like the I guess the reason that that he's not getting like top of the market, top of the market pass rusher money is because is because teams wonder if like, you know, to what degree that stuff was schemed up versus him just winning one on one. 
And so that like that is the question to see what they're going to do with him. But like we talked about entering free agency, they had nobody uh, at defensive end. And whether or not he's a defensive end, they needed to sign somebody like him so that if there isn't a defensive end they love in the first round who's there when they want him, or if they get a huge offer to trade back that they can't pass up, they can afford to not add that guy and then and, and you move forward and figure it out from there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think it changes. Uh, as we mentioned, I don't think it changes your uh, draft plans. You can still absolutely and, and should probably sign uh, an edge defender uh, if that who is atop your board in terms of top of the market. I mean, top of the market in this free agency is seventeen and a half uh, million a year, as I had mentioned with Agba. So uh, you know, it's it's not um, too far off of what he got. Of course, if you look at other you know edge rushers, T.J. Watt, yeah, it's way it's way off of. Um, what that is. Zebra, were you going to say something? Well, I, I was going to slightly disagree with the idea that they don't have any pass rushers or edge rushers, but it is a position that they really needed to fortify and especially long term here. Um, but I I keep going. Well, back what do they have? I mean, they have Josh Sweat and Brandon two. Graham. Right. You have Josh Sweat. That's great. And you have a 34 year old coming off a torn Achilles. And then you have no, I, Jackson. I look, look like, you don't need to convince me that they that they need defensive ends. I would just say, like to use the point I made earlier, if they played a game tomorrow, they would have two starting edge rushers who are like, you know, who I are think, starting. I don't think Brandon Graham's ready to play tomorrow. Well, if, if tomorrow, if their roster today was your week one roster, you know what I mean? Um, Maybe. So. But I agree that they really need to fortify that and and strike and, and not just fortify it. They they need to upgrade and they did. Uh, I I don't want it to be a type of thing where it's like week three and you're trying to figure out how to use them. Use them as a pass rusher, right? Like that's that's what he is. And the times in his career, and he's like he's spoken about this where. Uh, he's kind of been inconsistent or he hasn't lived up to that draft stock was, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, the, the draft standing was when it was overthought was, was when I was trying to make him into something that he wasn't. Um, and from what I understand, the reason why Carolina was willing to let him go was because they kind of viewed him as, I mean, for lack of a better term, like a one trick pony. And, and, but, uh, but that, you know, that they're, they're going to have to pay Brian Burns big money, like huge money. And he, and, and he deserves it. And so that's where the big pass rushing money is going to go. And that has, you know, that Hassan Reddick is someone who, who's like a really productive player, but does this, this one specific thing. Now the Eagles need that one specific thing. And if that's how they use him, it's going to be a good signing. If they overthink it. And if it's like, you know, an October 15th press conference and it's like, uh, you know, we, you know, he was, uh, we're, we're still trying to get a sense of, the of, of what makes him work and and you know and i met with him on 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 wednesday and he's doing a lot of things within the structure of the defense that you guys don't see on the stat sheet that's a problem oh right God. like that's, so that's good. absolutely it, happening. it needs to yeah, be 100%. So good. i can just see i can hear it, it needs to be all right how is this working out look at sacks look at quarterback hits right you know look at pressure rate look at those three things and that will show you how this moves working out yeah, I don't think you pay $15 million a year. I mean, you pay that for pass rush. Yes. If you're going to get cute with it, uh, how we might be walking down to Johnny Gans's office saying, what are we doing now? What are we doing here, man? This isn't what you told me. So, yeah, I do, we'll see. We'll have a, a whole offseason. I would like to watch, you know, 
three or four of his full games and sort of get a, a better idea of how he was used, what he's good at, what he's not good at. So I'm sure that will be an ongoing theme here throughout the offseason. All right, let me see. Bo did send a rundown a couple year, a couple hours before we came on here. So I'll do you the courtesy of at least uh, looking at that to. here. It's your show now, baby. Deals they missed out on. Well, this goes to kind of what we were talking about. Now, Marcus Williams, uh, the safety from the Saints, gets a deal from the Ravens, five years, $70 million, uh, $14 million a year in terms of annual average, very comparable to what Hassan Reddick got. I thought that was going to, he was going to get more than that. I thought he was going to be 16, 17 uh, a year with a chance maybe for a higher ceiling. Uh, that market was not there for him. So he signed with the Ravens. Uh, ZB, Marcus Williams for 14 million a year or Hassan Reddick for 15 million a year. So quick tease Bo and I have uh, a piece online where we address this. And I don't mean to uh, skirt the question here. But I need, I need to see it within the overall framework of the offseason plan, right? Like in a vacuum, I would rather have the pass rusher than the safety. But you you need a safety this offseason. So uh, I think that there's more supply for contributing pass rushers this offseason than there are contributing safeties. And I think the delta between between Marcus Williams and like the next safety that you're going to get is probably more than Hassan Reddick and the next pass rusher you're going to get. So uh, I would, if, if I had to choose between the two, I would choose to, I would choose Reddick because I would always value the pass rusher over the safety. But um, if they don't have like competent safety play next year, then I think it's certainly a worthwhile question to ask. So I, I need to see it within the framework of how they fill those safety spots. Well, right. Like, is it is it Marcus Williams and Melvin Ingram versus Hassan Reddick and Marcus May? Something like that. Right. Uh, to me, I like it's a it's a tough call. And I think I probably would rather have Reddick for 2022. But what's so like what's so enticing about Marcus Williams is he's 25 years old. Like, theoretically, you're solving that position long term for like three, maybe four years. Whereas with Reddick, you're, you're you know, it's basically a two year deal. Right. So um, like. Push come to shove. Maybe I why? Rather... It could be three for both of them. I mean, Marcus Williams is could a be. five-year deal, but I mean, those you know, I'm sure those last two. Uh, I just think the Reddick, years... I think the structure of the Reddick deal is is basically that they'll re, they'll address it again after year two. It could be it could be three years, but okay. because he like I you know, I mean I'm I'm I'll play the type and be an ageist. I think like water gun to my head, I would probably rather have like call it Marcus Williams and Melvin Ingram, but uh, without without them knowing what Marcus Williams was going to get. And maybe he was, he would have taken him a little bit more to come to the Eagles for whatever reason. I like, I don't think, I don't think it was a, a bad decision. Yeah. I think if it is like the, you know, Derwin James, if it's like the best safety in the NFL, uh, I would be more inclined to say, you know, have that, you know, positional value doesn't matter. Cause I do think an impactful safety is underrated with all the things they can do. I like Marcus Williams. I don't know that he's like that good of a player where if it's close, I would say take the safety over the uh, over the edge rusher. So uh, I would I, I think it's a fine use of resources to go with Reddick. But you're right. I mean, we don't have the information that they do about what their plan is 
to fill safety. Did you think any of these safeties? So let me go through some of these safety deals. And then you guys tell me, did you think that the Eagles should have made a move, assuming that the price was similar for any of these guys? So Marcus Williams was the big one. We mentioned him, $14 million a year. Uh, Quandre Diggs, just under that, which I thought there would be probably a, a bigger gap between those two. He gets $13.3 million a year. Uh, Jesse Bates got the franchise tag. Those, the, those Seahawks deals are insane. I thought the yeah the Diggs one I was I thought was fine the Will Disley one yeah, the Disley I can't one if I like, gave that an F or a D uh, I think you gave it a D because, but I, yeah ones. it's like this got to okay. be the second worst to Zay Jones right I mean they traded for Noah Fant as part of this deal <laughs> and then they're giving Will Disley eight million dollars a year he's never had more than like two hundred and fifty yards receiving. I mean, I don't. I give Ian Thomas of the Panthers that one got an F. I know that was one. I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna get some grades in here before the the period starts. I really just wanted to give that grade and that signing an F uh, because it was ridiculous. But um, yeah, I thought Diggs. I, I like Diggs a lot. I mean, if they know that Diggs is healthy, I think that's fine. He's 29 years old and he is a really good player. Justin Reed, which was the you know fan, I don't know if fan favorite is the right word or not, but. He gets ten and a half million uh, from the Chiefs, which came in higher than I was anticipating. I thought he, he might be able to be had for uh, around eight million or so, but he got a nice deal from the Chiefs. Devin McCourty gets a one-year nine million dollar deal from uh, the Patriots. Tracy Walker over eight million dollars a year. He was mad at me for not having him in the top seventy-five uh, free agents. So you, you proved Did me. He, uh, was he actually? You, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't come at me, but Chris Burke tweeted out something like, you know, hey, you know, our Lions writer, he, you know, he or Shields top 75. Tracy Walker nice. doesn't make the list. And whether he searches his name or follows Chris Burke, uh, you know, he said uh, it, it wasn't anything that inflammatory. It was like, you know, real Just ones like, know or, you know, something like that. But he got, I didn't think he was getting 8 million. So was, you are, you were right, Tracy starter. Walker. I got uh, I got pie on my face for that one. A eight million dollar deal. Uh, Xavier Woods gets over uh, five million. He was with the Vikings last year. That's on the lower end, and probably the big one worth discussing. The BWF favorite, Jordan mm. Whitehead, the winner of Quackatology, just gets two years, fourteen and a half million dollars. Very reasonable, really deal. surprising. Any, any of those uh, stick out to you? Probably Whitehead, I guess. Yeah, I, I would have signed Whitehead for that number. Yeah, I was surprised that that, that was all he got, and especially especially uh, just a two year deal. Like, I mean, I guess I mean there are questions about him in coverage. I guess like they did they did use him in a bit of a rotation uh, under Todd Bowles, so maybe there's there's buyer beware. But yeah, I was I was surprised he went for just for just that much. I mean, I I like the idea of a two year deal if you're 25 years old, right? Like you always want to get a more guaranteed money. I get it, but. In two years from now, he'll be on the Capadia Top 150 again at age 27, yeah. right? You know, like he's, you, you know, tweeting you think at about Jeff Zrebeck that he should be ranked higher. <laughs> yeah, uh, or, or no, well, no, sorry, Connor not, Hughes. No, Connor <laughs> Hughes. Sorry. Hughes. Yeah, I was, I was like, how's Zrebeck get in here? What did I miss? <laughs> Perhaps he tweets Zrebeck as I love well. Love right? Zrebeck, like, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that part of it, it the the average annual value uh, is. That I I would have gone in on that deal if if I were the Eagles. Now you don't know what other factors there are. I I, I get it's always easier to spend someone else's money. Number one and number two, you don't know from the player's perspective what they're dealing with at the, at, at that time. But if in theory, if both 
deals were presented to him. Like if if he said, "Can you match this deal?" I would have matched that deal if I were the Eagles. Yeah, maybe maybe not versatile. What what do you make of the idea that the Eagles can go like very cheap at safety? Because as as Sheil has talked about, if 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 Jonathan Gannon's going to play his safeties fifty yards downfield, you know, you could get Josh Norris to play back there. Uh, you go I cheap would... at safety, and 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 instead you find better coverage linebackers, and so you spend what what would have been Jordan Whitehead. You spend that money on you know Kaiser White or or somebody else, which is maybe easier said than done. I would promise you that in in like week nine. I would have the line in the story that I used about Eagles linebackers a number of times. You get what you pay for, right? Mm-hmm. And they would be getting what they pay for. Now safety, the different at safety. Now right. yeah, if, okay. gotcha. if if they have designs to say trade up for a Kyle Hamilton, right? If you know if they have, if if they think Kyle Hamilton's slipping a bit and they think they can move up to to like eight, nine, 10 to get Kyle Hamilton if, if he's slipping, or if they think this safety draft class is, is kind of better than what the reputation might suggest, or maybe there's a trade they have up their sleeve, or look, perhaps they've evaluated this class and, and there's a sleeper like Bo mentioned to Sean Elliott in his piece today. Maybe they uh, see someone who's under the radar who could be a real solid starter for them. Uh, then, that would be different. But if, if 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 they think they can just get by at safety the way they did at linebacker during the past few years, then the same thing that happened at linebacker is going to happen at safety. Yeah, I don't like that plan. Uh, I know I've made the jokes, but, man, I just like – I like a team that has very good safeties. I, I mean, we saw it with – we've seen it with Brian Dawkins. We've seen it with Malcolm Jenkins. It does make a difference. They can do uh, all kinds of things there. And so I don't think that would be a great strategy to just go cheap at safety, especially because, like, I mean, Kaiser White's a nice player. I mean, you know, that's not like Fred Warner that you're That's a difficult there projection, gonna, too. Like, uh, Yeah, where it's going to make the difference. So safety still available. I've got my spreadsheet up here. Uh, Honey Badger is the top one. I mean, that that would surprise me. Now, what if they did that? I mean, it would it would surprise me for sure. I don't know that it fits their timeline, but I, I wouldn't crush it because I love Honey Badger, and I right. mean, it would be exciting, and he would be a fun guy to watch for one year at least. Uh, I'm I'm a little surprised he hasn't signed yet. I mean, that deal that the Ravens gave Marcus Williams, I sort of thought that was the deal they were going to give Tyron Matthew. Uh, I, that was I your favorite. That was, that was your fa- favorite match. That was my favorite fit. Yeah, Tyron Matthew uh, to the Ravens. So we'll see where he ends up going after that. Man, it is a drop off. I mean. Marcus May is a good player, but he's coming off an Achilles injury and 29 years old. Yeah. I guess if you're looking at like a plan B and taking a few shots, that wouldn't be the worst uh, idea idea there. Terrell Edmonds, you know, if if they didn't think Jordan Whitehead was versatile enough in terms of coverage, then you're not even going to look at somebody like Terrell Ed- Edmonds, who's sort of been an underachieving player and certainly more of a box safety. J. Ron Curse, again, I mean, He's someone you wanted to take a flyer on last year, not this year after he had a really good season with the Cowboys. Ronnie Harrison is not that exciting. Anthony Harrison, Rodney McLeod are the next two I have here. And Deshaun Elliott, you mentioned from the Ravens. I mean, he's played more than six games once, I think, in four years. So all kinds of injury issues there. So it's tough. I mean, I don't know if there's a if there's a trade target or anything like that. But, um, I mean, they have... I guess you could make the case that they could just have one starting spot to fill if they like uh, Marcus Epps, Epsy. Mike Epps. 
Omar Epps, uh, which, you know, that wouldn't be the end of the world to me if it was Marcus Epps and one of these guys. But yeah, I think anyone who and thought I'll they I'll tell were you good. what, in year three, we really, we really like Kayvon Wallace. And what you got to remember is that this is, oh my I mean, th- th- those first two off seasons were so unusual. And for him to finally be in the building with us, we really feel like he can take a jump. Yeah, that would not be a uh, good plan. There. All right. Let's get to our uh, next break. And then I don't even know what else we have to talk about after this, but we'll figure it out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Now, Day Niz, I just saw that, you know, I was checking my tweets here during the break. Uh, Defop Day Niz says, The group think surrounding the Eagles is that there is an urgent need at safety. But the need at linebacker is far more urgent, important. Gannon's scheme demands a lot from the inside linebackers, and there are currently 0-1 to NFL starter-level linebackers on the roster. I guess that would go back to the beginning where they did not tender Alex Singleton, right? So he becomes a free agent uh, tomorrow. So I'm assuming the one he's talking about is TJ Edwards and – yeah, he is right about that. I mean, they do need bodies there. I mean, that's one where I would say, yeah, if you want to target somebody, that's fine. But you can usually find somebody to fill that role. I mean, I'm not saying don't get anybody at linebacker. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a fair point he makes that. You could certainly make the case that linebacker is just as important as safety for them right now. Well, I mean, the the Eagles' history of signing free agent linebackers would uh, fly in the face of this, but it is an easier position to fill as the offseason goes on. Than that's what I was going to say, and then I, mean, I thought about all the guys you, they've signed who have been right. terrible. I mean, and I was you like, know, Corey Nelson, Zach Brown, uh, yeah. Jatavis Brown, all these guys. Like they have, like their their stati- the, the statistical probability of them whiffing on every single one of those guys is pretty is pretty low. But I still think that like. That's a position where you could probably 
let the draft play out, see how it plays out, and then find out what's there after the draft. Whereas I don't think that works at safety if you're looking for a starter. And I think they can. I, I think they can even do that at corner. Like if they don't draft a corner at the top of the draft, they can find another Steven Nelson type if they need to uh, come the summer. I've liked Miles Jack ever since he came out of UCLA. I, I I was intrigued when the Jags cut him today. Uh, he's 26 years old still. He now there were medical red flags when he was coming out, but he 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 hasn't been one of these guys who's like missing you know, five, 10 games a year. Now he's missed, I think, eight games in his career all over the past three years. Um, and the Jags signed him, af- uh, the Jags cut him after signing him to a big contract in 2019. The GM who made that signing, Dave Caldwell, now is in the Eagles front office. Um, and they opened up cap space by doing so. And we saw that they've had a big spending spree. Uh, so there, there's always a, a reason why someone's cut. Uh, and, you know, there's there's probably someone like that. There might be more name than than production there, but he's still young. Um, athletically, I mean, he's someone who's always been like off the charts ath- athletically, and it's it showed up in in the way he plays. He can he can run and chase. He can blitz. Um, so he's someone who uh, who I would take a hard look at it, it, as a weak side linebacker for you. So that would be that's the player that jumps out to me. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Miles Jacks last year, and you usually don't see this with a linebacker on the pro football reference page where there are just all these blanks. Zero interceptions, zero forced fumbles, zero sacks, two QB hits last year in 15 games. Now, that was a down year for him. You're right. I mean, he, he got a $14 million a year contract from the Jaguars, which is unheard of for uh, off-ball linebackers he has played well in the past he's coming off a down year so i would keep an eye on it you know yeah maybe that is that a buy low is that a what hey miles come in for one year you'll be 27 at the start of next season you're gonna get you know you're gonna get playing time rack up some numbers uh hit free agency again next year either with us or with somebody else so yeah i, I would certainly uh, keep an eye on that i mean he's he's been productive like you said has started 82 games in six seasons uh 226 tackles over the last two seasons i mean if you're gonna buy low like the buying off of that jaguars roster from last year uh would not be a bad place to start yeah so i think that would be a a guy to keep an eye on what do you think of the what do you think of bringing back jordan hicks i mean jordan hicks only two years 10 million dollars from the vikings today that would have been a deal I probably would have been interested in if I were the Eagles. I mean, that that's not a lot of money if you're getting a starting caliber off-ball linebacker. Bo, Zach would have paid Bo it out of his Jordan own pocket. Oh. I I like Jordan Hicks. A little older right now, right? I mean, he can be a Band-Aid solution, if you will. Yeah. But, yeah, not uh, – No, I mean, I, I'd be more interested in Miles Jack. All right, Miles Jack, Kaiser White. He's That's the guy Bo's we guy. talked about. That's Bo's guy from the Chargers, 26 years old. Uh, but that's, a, that's one where Kaiser White is one where you have to answer why the Chargers, who are like spending all this money on defense, would be willing to let him go. Yeah. I mean, you could say because they wanted to spend all that money on other players yeah. who are better than him. But uh, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I I know you're willing to give Brandon Staley the benefit of the doubt on everything, but that defense wasn't very good last year. So, I just love the way he approaches things. It's so refreshing to see somebody talk like a, a normal adult. You know, it's really nice. I don't know if you're being serious or sarcastic. 
or both. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anthony Barr is the guy we've uh, thrown out there. Anthony Walker. I mean, none of these guys are really going to get you uh, that. It had. You, you want to bring back a little combo Grugier Hill for two to three million, maybe three go. million. What do you think, Zebe? A little combo. I thought he was working on a contract extension with Houston. Oh, is he? I don't know. I didn't say. I'm, Sorry, I'm, I'm my, responding to a few uh, messages here. Okay, flex. Now, what do no, you guys? What do you is guys it think Camus of the Hill? It's 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 not Camus. No, <laughs> is it Jeffrey? Uh, yes, what do you guys I make of the wide receivers. receiver market? Would, would I would have signed DJ uh, Shark. I mean, I I guess I really like okay. that Jags team from last year, right? Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to bring them all back. Uh, and D- the Giants. You like the Jags and the Giants <laughs> yeah. last year? Those were the two uh, rosters you really love. Yeah, DJ Shark. What he signed one year, ten million. In, yeah, in I would have been in on that deal. I mean, that's that would have interested Zach. Me. You were referencing the Alshon deal when we first were yep. talking about this. Yeah, one year, ten million. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not. Uh, yeah, I mean, he went to Detroit, so I was going to say maybe Philadelphia wouldn't be that appealing to him. But he's, you know, I guess they're going to pass a little bit more in Detroit. But yeah, that that was one uh, I would have been in on that for sure. Size I like speed the Russell guy. Gage deal too. He plays well. You extend him. What about? I like the Russell Gage deal too, although I presume that he might have required a little bit more to not play for Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a nice, that's that's a pretty nice deal for Russell Gage. What was it? Three years? Uh, yeah, three years, thirty million dollars for Russell Gage. I mean, free agency is wild. Where Russell Gage is, well, it wasn't as crazy million. as Zay Jones. He's a nice I player. Mean, that yeah. deals. Oh, that one got neff. That got neff for me. I, I like Russell Gage. Yeah, Russell Gage is a nice player. So, all right, wide receiver still available. Let's take a look here. Allen Robinson. It doesn't do it for me for some reason. It doesn't seem like I would be interested in Allen Robinson. You would be? Okay. On like a one-year, on a one-year DJ Shark type deal. Okay. Yeah, like as the as the as the week goes on, if nobody else is is jumping to give him a long term deal, it's it's oh it's it's is exactly like what happened with Alshon, right? Like maybe maybe then you do jump in. Okay. Yeah, one year, one year, ten million probably gets it done for. I don't know. Does it get it done? I don't really know. No, I, initially I thought he was going to get 15, 16 a year, but I don't know. It's been quiet so far. So uh, we will see OBJ. No, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Does that do anything for you? Burner? No? Well, no. I, I, I like the idea of having a threat on the outside. Um, but from my understanding, they're, they're looking for someone who can, you know, who can kind of move around the formation, play the slot, play the outside. So, we talked about Christian Kirk earlier. Uh, I do believe that's someone that that they had interest in, but obviously priced out of that market. Uh, but but that type of player, I think, is is what what would interest them. Were you surprised by the Jay Glazer report that they had a trade lined up for Calvin Ridley? We didn't even talk about. I thought, we didn't talk about. Yeah, this? yeah, we haven't had a pod since then. Oh. No, yeah, doesn't shock me. No, I mean, doesn't shock me. That's that's the type of player. Frankly, on on you know on an affordable contract, productive player, uh, move around the formation, you know that uh, I don't know what they would have given up, but uh, that that would have been interesting. That would have been a good bet to make. Yeah, I, I was surprised well, because interesting be, because, phrasing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was make. on purpose. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Uh, I believe he's entering the final year of his deal, and so if you're giving up anything of value. You expect to extend him. I mean, Calvin Ridley's going to, you know, well, he was, I don't know anymore. Before that, I mean, he was going to make probably $20 million a year. 
And so if you're making that deal, you're expecting to sign him to a contract like that, which was a little bit surprising to me that they would have been willing to uh, willing to go there. Bo, you're the Calvin Ridley expert. What did you think of it? I mean, I was just I would have been looking forward to our first interaction. I would have had to show him the tweets. We would have had we would have had to hash it out. Yeah, that would, would have been good, good content. Well, I mean, if nothing else, it's a yeah, it's an indication that they certainly could be in the wide receiver market here. Uh, Will Fuller, who I believe is a uh, DFOP Noah Becker favorite. I mean, he's probably not going to play he's more a Zach than four favorite. games. He's a Philly you, guy. He's a Philly guy. He's a Philly guy. Roman uh, Catholic is a burner when he's healthy. He's a good player. He's just never uh, healthy there. Looking at these other names we mentioned: Sammy Watkins, Keelan Cole, Zach Pascal, still out there somehow. Zach Pascal, uh, Byron Pringle, somebody like that. So uh, now we lamented we lamented the Jordan Whitehead uh, winning Quackatology, but Hassan Reddick did win his bracket. He made the Final Four. He won. Oh, the he did. Rusher. All right, so that wasn't bad. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Pascal made the finals. Okay. And then Kaiser White won the linebackers. So it's not 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 terrible. Okay. Uh, Bel Air. Well, Have you guys uh, watched uh, Bel Air? No, uh, I'm getting this is way too much have football time? talk. <laughs> well, I mean, I What's haven't that? watched it in like the last three days, but started weekend, started uh, started the first episode, and uh, looking forward to catching up post free agency. Oh, so you're 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 gonna be in on Bel Air? Oh yeah, anything that's oh. tangentially related to Philly, oh, yeah. Fresh Prince. Yeah, I mean, what a <laughs> what a run for it. you got Mariva Maravistown, you've got Bel Air. There was something Abbott else. Elementary. Abbott Elementary. I mean, wow, what a hot spot, Zach. For I mean, these are legit great shows here. Yep. I agree. They should have more shows with Philly with 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 Philly angles, and they really lean into it with Bel Air Life too. At Zach. least in the in the uh, in the first uh, few episodes, I, I'm really enjoying Bel Air. I mean, that's like number one on the uh, on the Capadia. When we sit down, it's like, what are we gonna watch? Uh, we're like, uh, we know Bel Air is not going to disappoint us. Great soundtrack as well. I want to, I think on Spotify, you can just go Bel Air, uh, soundtrack. So yeah, really, uh, enjoying that so far. Did you guys do an after party? I heard it was good. I haven't watched it yet. No, I have not it's watched it. Nice one. It's a nice couple's watch. Be entertained. It's a good one. Zach, what is the, what is the, uh, what is the payoff, whether it is financial or, you know, a, a bank full of Pulitzers or whatever it is that you want that it, re- it would require for there to be, uh, a, a reality show about your life. Ooh, uh, interesting. I, no need to have a reality show about my life. It would be bad programming for whoever's doing it and I'm not into I disagree. It. I am I am not interested in in that. Like uh yeah, to be I know honest that. That's you. why I'm asking yeah, what's the no, what's so, the payoff. So, I mean, without getting like uh too personal <laughs> here, um my uh Emily, I was about to say my my wife, she has a name. Emily watches um those shows on Bravo. Uh like and Real Housewives. Yeah, and like I I will hear it in passing and i'll be like why would anyone ever agree to do that like that that is that seems so unappealing to me but i digress uh what about I, i'm what very about, available uh, uh you don't need to you pay make a anything. deal you make a deal zach where you write what happens to be like what turns out to be the the most highly regarded football book of all time for what for like a reality show about for, my in life in exchange for the reality show yeah 
a year. That's one year. It, it, it would it would need to be one of those like uh, less dance type things where I I have editorial control, right? Like I, I don't want to cede editorial control yeah. in that sense. Okay. So if it, if I don't have to cede edit, if I can maintain editorial control, sure. Okay. Oh my gosh! I Deal. can just see you sweating, deciding what should be allowed, <laughs> yes, exactly. what shouldn't be allowed. Yes, uh, I think that would lead to a lot of Berman family battles. I would yeah, be like the Eagles in that all or nothing thing, you know, where like they they took out anything of of like actual substance, right? right? You know, so yeah. What do you guys? Think I'm about available, Bo. If you need, if if you're, you know, you didn't ask me, but listen, the Capadias are very available. Any type of reality yeah, show, are. we're here for you. Yeah. Not interested. I, okay. I was going to say on the on the Calvin Ridley thing, it's it just it's 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 a reminder that Howie is trying. He he wants to be involved in everything, and it's why I think we would all agree that like you can't really count them out of the Deshaun Watson thing, right? No, you cannot. Mm, no, you cannot. Interesting. Okay. Well, D Diana Rossini had a very interesting tweet here. Uh, of course, a uh, national reporter of Birds with Friends. Uh, as I was checking during the break, she said it was a pre prerequisite for those teams, the Panthers, Saints, and Browns, that they already agreed to trade terms with the Texans before Deshaun Watson had the meeting with those teams. So I thought that was interesting. I did not assume that. That is interesting. You guys, yeah. no comment at all? No, what are you I looking mean, at that's so well, funny? I, about? I would not rule the Eagles out until this thing's official. So Okay. Yeah. Well, we will uh, see. I have, to give we'll a, uh, I have to give a birthday shout out. Uh, to DFOP Austin by way of uh, DFOP Ben Harris. Uh, we're shouting out Austin. Uh, let me give you guys a peck nest migrate. Now, I hear that, that Austin is a big uh, Clapson Thorpin fan, but I'm going to give a different peck nest migrate. Peck nest migrate Austin Powers, Austin Rivers, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I will nest Austin Powers. I feel like that had a nice run at, you know, at its time. I don't know that I would watch it now. Uh, am I supposed to? Why would you I, nest know, it? Isn't that what I said? Yeah, but I don't why, know. If you, if I mean, what do I need to means forever. Okay, right? what do I need to nest Stone Cold Steve? I know I, I really don't need to nest any of these people. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin Rivers, or Austin Powers. Please give me the strong case for why Austin Powers would be the bad choice to nest and why I should nest these others. Well, I Go feel ahead. like are you going to watch it multiple times or you just want to watch it one more time the rest of your no, life? No, I'm not going to watch Stone Cold any more times. I'm not going to watch okay. Austin Rivers at all. So can I get rid of all of them? I mean, I'm, probably, I'm migrating Austin Rivers for sure. I'll probably nest Austin Rivers because it means I can watch more basketball, right? Like how many times? <laughs> no, seriously. If you're if you're uh, nesting Austin Powers, you're just watching the same movie over and over again. If you're nesting, no, Austin you, you're Rivers, able to watch it multiple times. I mean, I'll never yeah, but watch there, it but, again. But it's the same. I mean, there aren't there aren't that many variations of it. Whereas Austin Rivers, you can you can watch Duke games. You can watch. Um, Pelicans games, you can watch Clippers games, you can watch Rockets games, you can watch Knicks games, you can watch Nuggets games. Uh, I mean, you go on down the list. So, like, you wow. just get to the guy knows Austin gonna... Rivers' career. I mean, I mean, all right. <laughs> you can watch Dr. Phillips' high school games. I believe that's where he went, right? So, his, his point guard, prep. I, I remember his point guard was Brett Komar, the uh, the guy from Florida Gulf Coast when uh, when they went we to all remember 16. that. Yeah. So, all right. What were you saying, Paul? Okay. I got nothing. I, I I can't believe you have hung with me for this long. You can. You were just giving. To do. Well, did you give Austin a birthday shout out? 
I said happy birthday. We're giving him a shout out. Oh, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't know if you got there. I thought we were peck nesting and migrating. All right. This is not. Listen. I think. I think Bo's uh, going to be feeling good about this show because I feel like we didn't have a lot of juice. And uh, I, I'll speak for myself, Zach. I know you get. Uh, if I feel like there I wasn't enough, like, show. I... there wasn't enough like intermingling of other stuff uh, into the conversation here. It was a little too football focused. Not it's a lot of agency. great. Specific moments yeah. that you know would make the Ospreys, and so I think Bo's hosting ability might get a little boost, a little you know the ego might get a little boost after this um, episode, and he'll be appreciated. I promise, I promise you, the ego is going in the other direction after this episode. Okay, all right. So I don't think there's a what are you super pumped? You watching super pumped? Off the Uber? I did actually. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, we enjoyed that. We watched that yeah. on, on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. We enjoyed okay. that one. Anything else? What else is in the repertoire? I'm super pumped for this podcast. Glad to be here. <laughs> we typically watch uh, This Is Us, but a uh, little behind. Like it's, I think it's going on now, but loaded with, with, with work. So okay. one of those things where we'll catch up on DVR this weekend. All right. All right. Been watching Severance on Apple TV+. Plus. How is it? We watched like the first five minutes. It seemed interesting. It's interesting. I think we watched the Would first I like episodes. it? Do you think I would like it? Uh, I, my answer to that is probably not. Really? Okay. Maybe. I see Ben mentioning like the an, dropout like here in the Scott. chat. That's That's been... I, I feel like I've had enough Theranos content, though. I mean, do I need more? A lot of people recommending it, though, the dropout. All right. Jeez, you got... I mean, okay. just look at... I'll, sorry. I'll recommend the dropout, chill. I'll double you down on that. It. It's good. I'm okay. with you. I'm with you on a lot of Theranos content. But- yeah. It's all good. It's like Firefest. Give me all the Firefest. That's true, actually. Got. Yeah, I was entertained I by it. All right. All right. Yeah. Maybe Tracer says maybe he that'll can't be get the next. Maybe that'll be the next uh, accent I do for an entire episode. Will be uh, the the voice from Theranos. Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, yeah. The Elizabeth Holmes oh, okay. voice. The voice from Theranos. All right. Oh, All right. That will do it. I, you know, uh, next episode, Bo's going to have uh, some better Wi Fi. The Eagles are going to have either a wide receiver or a safety. Uh, I mean, I would say something with Sack and Proof, but look at him. I mean, the guy has never looked better. The background has never he's looked on better. All cylinders. Camera angle. I don't uh, know about that. There's, he's. Yeah. He's he's doing well, and who knows? Maybe there'll be like a, a Deshaun Watson resolution um, in terms of just what team he's going to be on the next time we speak. So a lot of things can happen quickly. I'm not even going to ask you to rate and review. Someone asked, told me I'm going soft because I'm not berating people for not subscribing to the Athletic. I can't. Ah, even someone do. said you're the reason why why you should subscribe to the pod. Like, don't listen to the other two. Listen for Kapati. Oh, I didn't see that. I thought so, I just saw oh, someone yeah. in there say Shoot, that's the most getting, recent one. You're yeah. getting soft. You're not. Uh, you haven't berated anybody recently. I'll, I'll berate you soon. Settle down, but uh, not quite yet. All right. When will we be back? We'll be back when the Eagles do something else, I guess, right? So it's up to them. That's I mean, right. if they want to make a move, we'll be back. If they would just want to uh, lay in the weeds, it could be a while. But uh, I think they'll do something here. So for Zach Berman and Bo Wolf, and thank you to Kent. Let's give, let's give it up for Kent. Outstanding up, job producing. I mean, I mean – Last episode, we went three hours. He had to like bump another pod he was supposed to work on. We just totally uprooted his entire life, basically. And uh, he doesn't get appreciated for it. <laughs> but, 
That's right. So, uh, uh, Kent, fantastic as always. And we will have Marissa back for the next episode. Uh, we can just, you know, really pepper her with what have you done with your time off? Most underrated, overrated moment of your wedding, all those things. How did we perform as guests? Did any of us do anything weird that you people were talking about after the fact? So, uh, stay tuned for that. If not for the Eagles signing like a mid tier, uh, safety or linebacker that no one's ever heard. All right. Wrap it up, Bo. Take it home. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Kent for Shield, Zach, Michael, Kent, Marissa, and Elijah. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.